Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is Alan K. Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome in on a Tuesday morning, December 13, 2022. It is 609, 38 degrees in the capital city as we kick things off on this fine day. Uh, got a busy show for you today, very busy show today. Uh, Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska. He returns after a week off to talk Nebraska news and politics at 710 today. Uh, kind of wrap up the year, things going on. Take a look ahead to 2023. We've got uh, Phillips Lincoln Lights coming up. If you've ever been on uh, the Facebook page, the uh, really the preeminent Facebook page for a guide to Christmas lights, holiday lights in the capital city, you've uh, probably been on Phillips Lincoln Lights, looked at the map, looked at the interactive stuff that he has. Uh, Philip Wagner is the man behind that, uh, and he's he's done a really cool thing with that, uh, and he is going to join us today, and I I think he's been working on his top 10 for this year, for 2022. And uh, hoping he might unveil those and and uh, give you some heads up if you're uh, if you're one of the people who likes to take the family out and look at the light displays. He's got all the goods on where the best places to go are. So he's going to join us at eight today. And it is our monthly visit today from Dr. Ken Dewey at eight thirty-five. Talk not only about what's going on in the immediate future with an interesting weather day ahead of us right now, uh, but also a look ahead to the next couple of weeks, including Christmas travel. So we will delve into all of that with him here coming up at 835 today. He's going to step in for John Baylor, who is out today. So that is what we've got going on. Speaking of weather, why don't we start out with the weather? Because uh, state what? Excuse me, statewide, it's a kind of volatile situation right now. Um, I guess be glad you don't live in western Nebraska is maybe the big yeah. <laughs> the big thought. Mark, I saw the latest snowfall forecast for big chunks of western Nebraska where they're in a blizzard warning. They're talking about uh, two and a half feet of, uh, or a, a one and a half feet of snow, I should say, maybe up to close to two feet of snow in some of the areas of western Nebraska that are affected. Yeah, so, uh, along with uh, winds gusting to 45 and higher. Oh, God. So legit blizzard and, and for the western part of the state. They actually have a blizzard warning. The Panhandle now goes till 11 tomorrow night. Oh really? Yeah, well, yeah. With the, very, the wind continuing, probably yeah, is it's, it's got a very it's long a issue. Uh, it still has not started to snow in Shadron, for example. Okay, but they are down to twenty-one degrees, and they've got north winds at thirteen, so it's moving in. And then you've just got kind of uh, a weird weather situation here on the other side of the state where the snow isn't going to be impactful, but we could see uh, still a decent amount of rain. Already had some. Uh, Those chances for rain look like they're going to continue for the most part into the early afternoon hours. And, you know, it's just, it's kind of springish almost out there here because you'll, you're already, you know, we're already almost at 40 degrees. We could get up to near 50 today, but we're going to have those strong winds, um, all the way up to gusts around 40 miles an hour along with the rain as well. And it's, it's just going to be kind of an odd deal. And I'll tell you what, and, and we may get more of this this morning, but last night I was laying in bed, Mark, and, uh, 
all of a sudden uh, had the lightning flashes. Yeah, there was in some December. about three this morning, too. Yeah, there were, there were some more to this morning. Yeah, and so those could continue We've actually had the morning. almost a half inch of rain already. Have we had that much? Out my at the good. airport, yeah. But we finally got it. Jeez. Um, so maybe my lawn is finally going to green up here uh, in December. Uh, we'll see. Just in time for Christmas. Right. Yeah, no. No, okay. it's too late. That's done. Uh, well, look to the temperatures uh, next week. Yeah, I see that. I see that. And I, I do see that um, in the overnight. Single digit, single single digit highs. Jeez. In the, in the overnight hours, uh, Wednesday night into Thursday, there actually is a little bit of a chance of, of some snow here in Lincoln. Um, I don't know how significant that's really going to be, but uh, that's really the only only time snow for the immediate forecast is in the picture. But that's not a real significant deal either. So rainy morning, uh, but those rain chances go down pretty significantly by the afternoon. And then it's just going to be uh, like upper 40s and super windy for yep. the day and damp. Saw something uh, this morning on the Nebraska 511 website that I have never seen before. What's that? They've got a, a red, uh, right when you go to the 511 uh, site, it's a red thing that pops up. It says, potential interstate closures due to weather. I mean, it's, I've, I've never seen that before. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. uh, must, be, uh, must be changing up some of those things. But, yeah, it's, it, it is a very volatile situation uh, in the western half and especially kind of the western third of the state with the blizzard situations there. So, yeah, that's, that's what we've got. And, and you're right, Mark. Um, after we get through, really through the weekend and Monday where we're still going to be up, you know, highs above freezing on, on most days, um, by the time it looks like when you get to about Tuesday, uh, that's when that's when the uh, Arctic cold comes comes yeah, in. We, we go below zero next week uh, for lows and single digits for highs. Yeah, the, like Thursday the twenty second, we're looking at uh, a high of nine. <laughs> Um, and, uh, so yeah, that'll be, and no, uh, I don't think your lawn's going to green up. No. Okay. Well, even for a few days here, I don't know. I was just hoping I could get a little, little taste to the green lawn here, which I didn't get much of in the second half of the year, uh, with the, with the lack of rain. Fix your sprinkler system. Yeah. Well, I'm probably not going to run that now anyway, but nonetheless, nonetheless. So that is your, uh, that's your, your weather situation. Um, a weird one, a weird one, right? And the weird thing is too, Mark, by, by this afternoon, we could see sunny, sunny skies. Yeah, here in a little Lincoln. bit. <laughs> yeah, a, a little bit. By like my hour by hour has sun, sunny skies by three o'clock this afternoon. Uh, mostly sunny skies and fifty one degrees. So that'll be you know that might be kind of pleasant after all that's over if you can handle the wind. This is almost a cargo short alert. Yeah, that's true. Uh, everybody was asking me on the caroling trip on Sunday. They were like, "Did you did you think about wearing your cargo shorts because the high was near fifty that day?" And I did think about it, but I didn't do it. And in retrospect, I was very glad I didn't do it because <laughs> it was uh, it was pretty cold uh, actually with yeah. the with the wind. So anyway, there's your uh, there is your weather situation. Uh, you guys uh, see all the excitement over at uh, at Taco Bell. Over uh, over the last twenty four hours in Lincoln, that was actually Saturday night. Saturday night, um, it was well, closing we're, time. We're hearing about it from police now. Yeah. Evidently, there was uh, a man who refused to leave the fast food restaurant. Uh, a couple of teenage employees there um, got physical with this man who wouldn't leave. Used an aluminum broomstick and a metal chair. To strike the man. It's about nine o'clock Saturday night. Yeah, you're right. Saturday night, and I believe they were closing. They were. They were. Uh, cl- this is out on West O, by the way. 
Um, and so they then locked him out of the, the door. He starts banging on the door. They they call police, and a, and police, this is interesting, arrested all three of them <laughs> after that was over. Um, b- basically, uh, arresting uh, them on uh, second-degree assault and suspicion of aiding and abetting a Class 2 felony for apparently physically assaulting uh, this man who had caused $400 damage to the restaurant. Um and and he was arrested on on uh, damaging the restaurant, uh, destroying the property of another, which is a misdemeanor. So, yeah, I, I, it, I mean, it's a little it's a little interesting if somebody won't leave the restaurant and they need to leave. Um, I mean, I guess yeah, you don't you don't beat them up, but on the other hand, you you need to get them out of there to some degree. And so, I was a little surprised that this. Uh, this went down as it did uh, with these two kids getting arrested. Christopher Schmidt is the guy that broke the windows, and Lucas Smith and Caleb Baumgartner were the two employees. Yeah. Uh, I, I Hit him with a, an aluminum broomstick and a metal chair. Yeah. I wonder. I mean, we'll see if they actually get charged for this. Um, but, yeah. Uh, so some, uh, some excitement out there at the Taco Bell on West O late at night. Uh, all right. So we got that. Uh, Mark, what else do we have going on this morning? Well, the four hours of uh, discussion at City Council yesterday on these new floodplain map uh, projects. So a lot of uh, concern about them. Uh, a lot of support, it sounds like. Uh, Margaret Reist. Place it away again in Margaret Reistville. As the big story, as the complete rundown at uh, on the Journal Star site. But uh, a lot of uh, builders and developers say the proposals are are a little bit much and are going to hurt development and even could affect uh, affordable housing situation because it just makes it too expensive to build out these projects so right um yeah and 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 we've had kind of uh, i don't know if both sides is the right way to put this yep. but we had uh, we heard from Lincoln Chamber. Jason Ball was in here a few weeks ago and talked about this and the challenges that it presents to developers. We had the mayor in. I talked to her a little bit about the the argument for making the the change in more of a. And, and I think a lot of it has to do, um, you know, when when we talked to to Jason, he said we're not we're not disputing the numbers. Um, that that the science behind this necessarily i think it's just about exactly you know how extensive you push out these new floodplain uh, regulations that would be out there that and and the local regulations would be more than the federal and state requirements right uh, yes in in cases of building where the the federal uh, rules are you have to build one foot above the 100 year top uh, the city wants it to be another foot another higher. foot above that, right? Yeah, right. Because FEMA decides that, right? Correct. Um, Based on floodplain maps, yeah. Uh, and what they're proposing is to redraw those floodplain maps due to uh, changes and uh, the big rains that we had. What in twenty fifteen was it? Uh, yes, twenty fifteen was that big. Yes, and, big year. And, and this year we canceled my walk because the the rain was so bad. Yeah. So those are those are some it. of the issues. So yeah. four hours is a lot of testimony. Well, that's a and, lot of floodplain talk. Yeesh. Yeah, yeah. 
doesn't uh, sound now the council scheduled to uh, vote on it next Monday, but I believe there were a bunch of amendments uh, offered yesterday too. It's kind of a complicated story right. when you get into it. Basically, we're uh, we're, uh, we're we're rainier in Lincoln than we used to be, which is interesting. Given uh, five minutes earlier on the show, I was talking about how it basically didn't rain for the second half of the year. Well, uh, and, and it's it's the other thing you have to consider is. What has development changed as far as runoff and into these? Uh, yeah, are there, uh, yeah. Structurally, are you in a different situation? Right there, and and do different parts of the city? Is it you know, is is it different for different parts of the city? Yeah. That's that's the other thing as well. So um, yeah, so we will see. And and I, I think the the business, the developer group, once would like to. Um, they want to have a cost benefit uh, study yes, done. Yes, yeah, Ascent, and, do th- and they're willing to pay for it. So right, right. City does not want to wait. At least the mayor's proposal says it's time to move. Yes. So anyway, we will uh, we we will see what happens with that. Everybody loves floodplain talk, though, and yep. apparently four hours of it was uh, was. <laughs> 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 yeah, and and then the other thing is, I, I'm continuing to hear, and Mark, maybe you can fill in some of this, but. I'm hearing locally, and I know there were some hospital leaders statewide um, that had some comments on this, but it's it's a little bit different than the previous few uh, Decembers and Januaries where COVID was, you know, filling up hospitals. COVID, for the most part, is is down year to year, uh, but, but you, still high, still still high, or in, in increasing a little bit. But you add in the flu and the RSV issues that we're seeing. And hospital capacity, in some cases, even with COVID down, is is in some cases worse than it was a year ago. Yeah, the Nebraska uh, capacity. The Nebraska Hospital Association put on a uh, uh, Zoom call yesterday for the media and uh, other members, and uh, there was uh, Jeremy Nordquist, who's president of the Nebraska Hospital Association. We'll have some audio from him in our six thirty news, talking about uh, the influenza and COVID nineteen approaching last year's level but he also noted that influenza started much earlier than it did last year right so that is exacerbating it uh, dr john trapp uh, chief medical officer at brian health also was in there and uh, talked about some of the issues that they're having uh, with staffing and beds now right you know they're they're not turning patients away but you go to the ER and need a bed, you might be waiting well, a while. And, and, sound- that's, and that's in a lot of the bigger city hospitals. And it sounds like they're discouraging people if they can do something other than go to an ER. Um, right. They they would your like you to do that. Care, go, go to an urgent care, go to primary care, that sort of thing. And, and Make if, the ER, you know, yeah, for the people who need it right. the most. And if you're ill or not feeling well, stay home. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, like I, like I said on the show yesterday, it seems like... It, it, and it seems like a lot of different thing, but things, but it seems like everybody is sick right now. <laughs> yeah, and we've got some coworkers in the building who uh, have relatives at home that are now COVID positive. So, oh, okay, I didn't even know that. Well, I just found that out this morning. Super great. All right, wonderful. So, and and I'm an idiot because I made my. Uh, I'm one of the people who does choose to get vaccinated. I know everyone doesn't doesn't feel that way, but I do. Uh, I made my appointment for my booster. Mm-hmm. Totally forgot it. <laughs> wow. Totally forgot to do it. You didn't put a reminder in your phone? I, 
My notifications are such a mess after the latest iOS update. Yes. Is, Did you get the one this uh, Friday? Uh, no. Why? Does that do anything? Does yeah, that it's a security issue. Thing, uh, so I don't know. The way they bunch the notifications, I miss tons of them now. Yes. I don't know what I don't know what changed exactly, but I miss things all the time. I need my phone legitimately to just like just keep bothering me, just talking to me or set something. A, set an appointment with an alarm. That, well, that's the thing. I almost have to do alarms now yeah. instead of appointments. Yeah. It has to make a noise for me to, to remember to do things. And it doesn't so. always vibrate, even if you've got it set on vibrate <laughs> right. all the time. Right. All right, so that's what's happening today. Caleb's got a uh, check of sports coming up next. Monday Night Football last night. Not really a great game, but he'll tell us about it, uh, I think, and probably some more as it pertains to Husker sports as well. 625. Take a break. 38 degrees, cloudy skies in the capital city. Oh, i got a question for you. Yeah. You know, how to, what do you use to fix a broken tuba? Uh, what's that? Tuba glue. <laughs> All right. It's Helen K today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. I like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. 12 days for Christmas, by the way. Now, these are not the 12 days. The 12 days of Christmas begin after Christmas, right? Or like starting on Christmas and then after Christmas, I think. What are the actual 12? Let's see. What are the actual 12 days of Christmas? Let's see that. uh, No. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Begins on Christmas (laughs) and runs through the epiphany, right? I had had a... a friend who was um, whose whose dad was a a Lutheran pastor, and they always put up they put up their tree uh, like really late into the Christmas. Like our family, we'd put it up like the day after Thanksgiving, uh, but they put theirs up like close to Christmas, and then left it up through the Epiphany, through the twelve days of Christmas. Which again is really n- now I have got this cockeyed theory that I think is a good one that I know we're not going to do, but I like to imagine it sometimes. <clears throat> and that is, uh, what if Christmas was on, uh, let's say, what if say Christmas was like January twenty fifth, or even or even February twenty fifth? Break up the winter a little bit B- more. Break up so. I th- I think this would be amazing because number one, it gives Thanksgiving some room to breathe. Because we had, do you hear when we had that guy from the symphony on, uh, who was the director of the symphony uh, for the holiday concert? He's Canadian. And he's like, yeah, we have Thanksgiving in October in Canada, mm-hmm. and he's like, it's a better time to do it because it separates it from Christmas a whole lot more. Well, I feel like their um, Thanksgiving's different than our Thanksgiving. Well, I don't know. I'd, I've never experienced a Canadian Thanksgiving, but can you imagine if you had you had Christmas uh, because you you cram Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's all together? How much would the month of January be better 
if you had, you know, looking forward to Christmas during that entire thing. What are you going to call the holiday season then? A, a, the holiday season? I don't it's know. It's the holiday season. It still can be the holiday season no, if you it's, want. It's, it's not, just November to January is the you holiday change season. change the name of it now. Can you imagine if Christmas was January 25th? It'd be great. We'd just be ramping up right now. This would be like just starting the Christmas music right now. Well, Jack, don't you know that Christmas historically is actually in spring? See, I know. And again, this is like uh, when I almost got taken off the air by people with pitches, uh, 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 torches and pitchforks is the word that I'm looking for. When I tried to move the torches and tick forks, when I tried to move the uh, Independence Day to a Friday every year. And see, I got I just got killed for that take. And they're like, well, it's the it's the fourth of July for a reason. It's a significant day. And then of course my argument was, well, you know, if you actually look at the history, you can pick you could, any of a dozen make an art there are other several significant days where the ratification happened, the blah, blah, blah. Uh but Christmas I've got even a better argument because, you know, I I don't think, you know, everything went down in Bethlehem on December twenty fifth. I don't. I don't believe. I can some, actually, some people might believe that. I can but. actually almost guarantee you that it did. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it did. So, anyway, that's my idea. It'll never come to fruition. But it's a fun thought experiment. What if Christmas were January twenty fifth, or what if Christmas like uh, Valentine's Day were Christmas? It'd be a great day to have it. It'd be. It'd be so cool because you'd Just have get the middle of February because everybody agrees, right? Like the six weeks from January to the middle of February are terrible. Yeah, they're just terrible. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but just having the looking well, looking forward to Christmas during that time would would make it like the light the Christmas lights are still on right? it's so depressing in in January and February but that would still be going and then you get done with Christmas say February fourteenth February twenty fifth whatever you want to pick and guess what spring's on the way right it's a, <clears throat> it's a celebration of the end of winter too. All right, those which I think six, is very symbolic along with Christmas. As an adult now, those six weeks are garbage. As someone in high school playing basketball, those six weeks were awesome. The kids can still play basketball too. I mean, that won't stop them. It's still it's still an option. I'm telling you what, it would uh, it would do a lot of good if we did that. But I know we're not go- not going to. Look, we can barely get daylight saving time changed when I feel like almost everybody wants it to be changed. <laughs> let alone moving Christmas. But anyway, that's my thought experiment for the day. Ready for some uh, for some sound off? Oh, real quick, before we, uh, speaking of Christmas and, and Christmas music and those sorts of things, uh, Request Line Friday coming up in three days. Uh, this week, we are staying on a Christmas theme. We'll do Christmas themes the rest of the, the Fridays, um, just because it's that time of year. But this week, the theme is going to be one that we uh, uh, we haven't done yet. We're going to do the song that evokes the most intense nostalgic childhood memory of christmas for you what is it? what was the song that was playing in your house the song that you remember just that that time of year if you had a a parent that always spun a record or a tape uh, that made you think of Christmas. I want to know what that is. I always like these ones that are sort of correlated with people's age too. Yeah. So the most, yes, the most quintessential. You hear the song; it takes you back to your childhood, your childhood Christmases. I don't know because we did a when we did Ticket Thursday last week. I picked the Christmas movie, and it was from 1974. That's true. I mean, you might, yeah, that it may not, yeah, you maybe it'll be a, an old song that you're, you know, 
your parents listen to or, or something like that. It can be whatever, but that's, I just want to tell people now, that's what it is. You can send those requests. I got to think about what mine, do you know what yours is off the top of your head or do you have to think about it? No, I already know mine. You already know yours? I don't know what mine is. As soon as, soon as you brought up the topic, I knew what mine would be. Yeah. I got to think about, I got to think about mine. By the way, more. Seth on the Rick Sign Recognition talking text line says, Orthodox Christians observe in January, actually January 7th. Well, that's what, that, yeah, the that's what I was talking, that's what yeah. led us We've now gone full circle with the discussion. Yeah, um, that that was what I was talking about. That family uh, that took their kept their tree up to to January seventh and the twelve days of Christmas. So anyway, all right, sound off. What are we going to do on the Fed Reserve is meeting today, Caleb? Can't wait. You ready for those interest rates to go up? You fired up? Let's hit double digits, baby. A lot of people fired up. How about a 75% interest rate? Let's do it. Let's do (laughs) it, baby. That's going to be great for our checking accounts. What's up? (laughs) I'm not buying a house now. Let's go. I mean, mean, there are some good good things for the consumer when interest rates go go up, uh, but... Show me the money. Yeah. Anyway, they're meeting again. What are they going to do? I think we know. The central bank begins its two-day gathering to discuss how much it will raise interest rates for the final time this year. The Fed is set to deliver its policy decision on rates as well as its latest economic projections on Wednesday. Most economists and investors are expecting central bankers will raise the benchmark interest rate by half a percentage point, which will be a decline from the large three-quarters of a percentage point increase at recent meetings. This year, Fed officials have raised rates at the fastest pace since the early 80s in its quest to bring down hot inflation. Hillary Barsky, Fox News. Hot inflation. Hot. H-A-W-T. Wow, why does it feel like she's trying to market inflation? (laughs) (laughs) Who's ready for some hot inflation? You like spending more than you usually do on everyday goods? Welcome to hot inflation. Were you thinking about Uh, buying a house? Not now that there's a heat wave of hot inflation. (laughs) And high interest rates uh, as well. But, I mean, are things getting better if they're, I mean, did you hear that? They're only doing it a half a point instead of three quarters of a point, right? Are we on the downhill slope of the inflation mountain? Weak fed. Of the hot inflation mountain. Uh, I mean, hopefully you all know this, but uh, the raise rate, that'll make it more expensive to take out a loan. That means people borrow and spend less. It pumps the brakes on the economy, but also slows down the pace of price increases. Um, and so perhaps if you're only bringing it up a half point instead of three quarters of a point, the Fed's starting to say, okay, we don't quite need to, don't need to go crazy with this thing here at this point. Um, so, and then of course, Credit card, listen, probably not a good time to charge up that credit card mm-hmm. and let it go past the month, right, where mm-hmm. it's actually due uh, because those credit card rates are usually uh, on a variable rate and there's a cr- connection to the Fed benchmark rate and and that as well. So, but yeah, the, the, the big thing, the big thing is that if you are trying to take out a loan, trying to buy a house whatever uh, you know trying to get some kind of consumer debt that's going to be more expensive mm-hmm. and it continues to be more expensive now again you you do get more money on your on your deposits not that not that any of us are making bank i think for the most part <laughs> on our checking account interest but that gets a little bit uh that gets a little better but yeah mortgages credit cards auto loans uh that sort of thing as well so, anyway, yeah, 
So you're gonna, you probably need to wait a little bit longer to buy a house, Caleb. Sorry. Just a little bit. Till things cool. You think off. you'll uh, no, not that not to ask a personal question. You think you'll have a house uh, by this time next year? No. All right. Maybe maybe 2024. Maybe 2024. We'll see where we're at. See where the economy is at that point. Um. All right. Well, we already used most of our time here. Uh, oh, this is interesting. Check your uh, check your your bank accounts while you're checking to see what kind of interest that you're getting on your savings account. Check your bank account, especially if you were uh, shopping at Walmart mm-hmm. last Monday, December fifth. Okay. Okay. Because evidently, well, take a listen. Evidently, Walmart was charging people double. On, on December 5th. What? This is a real thing. Pam Tovar is getting ready for Christmas and putting gifts she bought on a Monday trip to Walmart under the tree. The bill came out to $588.37. I had a lot of money going out, and I generally do try to check those just to make sure, and I'm glad I did. Because when she checked her account, she found she'd been charged not once, but twice totaling more than $1,176. I searched social media and found people around the country posting the exact same issue of being double-charged. Walmart responded, saying that on December 5th, the payment processor Walmart utilizes for credit and debit transactions experienced a technical issue that charged certain customers twice. The issue was resolved, and all impacted transactions have been identified and submitted for correction. I hope. Uh, I would check it out. Check it out. Just make sure. Man, I, I hope nobody got charged like an overdraft fee. I know. Yeah. So something something to take a look at. Uh, have you ever wanted your own uh, handwritten uh, original copy of the U.S. Constitution? Yes. Like for the game room in your basement or anything? So, of course, the, 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 real, the primary real one is in the Smithsonian. I've seen it. It's it's really cool with, when when they go do it. So I'm I've actually seen it. Steal the Declaration of Independence. This is not no. This is not the next Nicolas Cage movie that okay. I'm talking okay. about. This Good. is a, all on, on the up and up. But there were also a handful of other handwritten copies at the time made mm-hmm. made at the same time. It's a finite number of them. They are still out there, and they are uh, they're going to sell the last one that is not in in anyone's ownership at this point at auction this week. Uh, but I think you probably got to have some dough. The handwritten original version of the U.S. Constitution remains forever sealed in a vacuum viewing vault at the National Archives in Washington, D.C. But there was an original series of 13 officially printed copies. Eleven are in the possession of institutional or government collections. One sold at auction last year at Sotheby's for more than $43 million dollars. The last one goes up for auction today in New York with an estimated worth of up to $30 million, though bidding could go much higher. Eben Brown, Fox News. Wow. 50 mil for, for an original 1787 version yeah. of the U.S. Constitution. Here's the deal. Handwritten. Here's Everyone's deal. unique. If, if I had won that $2 billion... Oh, the Powerball? Yeah. Yeah. If I had that kind of money laying around, my parents are both social studies teachers. It'd be a nice Christmas gift. They they open that up. Oh, did you go get this at Barnes and Noble? No. No. No, no Mom. No, Mom. <laughs> I, I, I went a little deeper. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. That'd what, be a... what, Hobby Lobby? <laughs> no, the, no, no, Mom. That's a... 
It's actually handled by the founders of our country. <laughs> well, that's nice. We could put it up. We could we could maybe she would put it up in her classroom and just like not even think about put it. Put it up in the living room. That'd be a nice, you know, by the pictures of the family. She'd put right. it up in her classroom and like refer to it and be like, "Hey, so in the Constitution, when they wrote this, as you guys can see by this picture, my <laughs> by son this got authentic, me. true version of the Constitution. <laughs> my son paid fifty million dollars for <laughs> just sitting in a high school classroom up on the wall. <laughs> like, what if you don't, you don't even like put it in a frame? You just kind of have it rolled up with a rubber band around she it. Tax it to like the board. <laughs> Thumb tax." <laughs> No, oh, I couldn't get a frame yet, son. I hope this is okay. You're yeah. highlight, you're highlight, like you're highlighting some of the important areas on the whole thing. Yeah, you mom. <laughs> Millie was visiting. She wanted to color on something. Please don't let her color on um, the fifty million dollar <laughs> Constitution handed by our founding fathers. Um. So, a holiday travel going to fire up, by the way, of Dr. Ken Dewey joining us a little bit later in the show today, 835. Give us a little bit of a preview of the holiday travel forecast for those of you who are travel. I'm traveling this year. Still, though, apparently, you know, it, it, we talk about COVID being a lot closer to normal uh, this year than we have been the last couple of Christmases, uh, but still not an expectation that travel is going to be still back to normal pre-COVID levels this year. Fewer Americans are expected to travel this holiday season compared to 2019, with AAA expecting 112.7 million of us to travel 50 miles or more for the holidays, most by car, between December 23rd and January 2nd. The figure is about 2 million more Americans traveling than a year ago, though a decrease of about 7 million compared to 2019, when a gallon of regular unleaded was also more affordable at about $2.54 per gallon as opposed to $3.26 on average per gallon right now, according to AAA. Jeff Manasso, Fox News. Why is 50 the number? 50 for what? 50 miles is is where they, they draw the line on if people are traveling more. more oh, I don't know, miles. because if you're going to Omaha, it doesn't feel like you're you're really traveling well that, that's the for thing the is you, you can travel between nebraska's two largest cities and it doesn't count as traveling um yeah, by they, that they, metric. they had to seem some they had to find something that was more more extensive like we're gonna so. go down to beatrice and that doesn't count as us traveling is that yeah not 50 huh hey could you uh water the indoor plants at my vacation home yes when you're down there I'll let Ella take care of it. That's fine. There's a I got a I got like a a fake rock with a key in it right at the front, so you can just pull that out and uh, we'll see how far Millie can throw it. Feel free to feel feel free to use the pool, you know, whatever you need. But yeah, that's fine. Is it hot? <laughs> no, it's outdoor. Oh. It's not. It's... <laughs> Spend your money. Come on. Uh, let's see. What should we finish off here? Uh, oh, none of these are good ones to end on, really. Um, we'll, uh, uh, we'll end, we'll end on this. They're bringing back the, uh, they're bringing back the blue check marks that you pay for on Twitter now. <laughs> so, so we had the, we had the, so first we had the blue check marks that said you were like a verified identity, a public figure. Then Elon came and then added in another way you could get what was the same check mark. And that was just for paying for it. Mm. Then a whole bunch of fake accounts came on a fake Eli Lilly account came on and said that they were going to give away insulin for free. 
uh, Eli Lilly freaked out. Their stock went down. <laughs> then they got rid of that. Now they're apparent. I don't know if they've got it fixed, but they're bringing it back. Twitter Blue had a rocky start last month and was pulled quickly. Now the ability to purchase a blue check mark returns for a monthly fee. This time, phone number verification is going to be required. And if you've been on Twitter, you'll see that Musk has not been holding back on the platform he purchased this morning, writing, The woke mind virus is either defeated or nothing else matters. And he may soon have some more room to share his thoughts, as Musk says he's working to increase the character count allowed from 280 to 4,000. <laughs> what? I don't need your oh manifesto. Well, listen, take away all of the politics, okay? Take, even uh, if I was in line with him politically and all the things, it's not about that. You're ruining it in every other, in all of the non-political ways. I mean, that's fine. I can mute all these people, but quit ruining the actual experience. That's got nothing to do with politics or free speech or wokeness or any of that. It's 4,000? Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding? By the way. That's just a blog. I mean, what? that's not. So part of what Elon said that the reason that they wanted to offer a subscription model for the blue check mark was so that it would reduce people seeing bots and spam. Literally somebody yesterday Subscribe to Twitter Blue for eight or eleven dollars, and tweeted out this thread about Mike Leach having died over the weekend. Yeah, which there's zero report on that. So, and so listen, everyone sees a blue check mark next to it and goes, "Okay, it feels like there's some authenticity to that." That's the issue with everything that Elon Musk is trying. I to I feel roll like out. I shouldn't have to say this. That's if you want to do the 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 subscription thing, fine, whatever. All you gotta do, please, just a different color check mark. That's it. And I think that's it. I think they're go they're going to do that, but w why not hold everything off until you have that ready? Jeez. All right, 657, we'll take a break. It is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on Lincoln's News and Talk, 1499 KLIN. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499 KLIN. All right, welcome back on your Tuesday morning, December 13th, 2022. Uh, a little bit later in the show, hour from now, we're going to have Philip Wagner. He is the man behind the uh, Facebook page, Philip's Lincoln Lights, like the ultimate online guide to holiday lights in the city of Lincoln. Uh, he is uh, he is the expert on that, so we're going to talk to him about where to go and look at this year, who's got the best displays. Delve into that in about an hour. And uh, then a little bit later in the show, Dr. Ken Dewey, our weather and climate guru, he'll join us to give us a uh, short-term and a long-term look ahead for not only what's going to be happening this week, weird weather day that we've got right now, but of course, leading into the Christmas holiday for those of us who are traveling, particularly interested in what that might look like. So that's all coming up later. But right now, it's time to uh, jump in with Joe Jordan, News Channel, Nebraska. Good morning, Joe. How are you doing today? I'm good, Jack. How are you? Good. Uh, you know, I just I, I just finished up my uh, application uh, to the governor to be, be uh, named the next U.S. senator for Nebraska. So just waiting for the callback here at this point. We'll see. It's about a five. It was about a five-minute application, so it didn't take too long. Oh, good luck on that. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did look. I did look up the application. It's not as extensive as you might think it would be to be a U.S. senator, right? It. I like it. It. It, it takes longer to apply for my uh, my grocery cart, my grocery stores like uh, r r Rapid Rewards card or something <laughs> like that. 
uh, than it does to be U.S. senator. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I, I saw the I saw the article this week that uh, that um, Ann Ashford is is uh, she's uh, putting her name in the uh, throwing her 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 name in the hat. Um, I, but I'm getting the feeling that maybe she and a whole lot of other people are going to be disappointed if they're hoping to be the one who's picked for this. Well, as far as we know, because the Pillin folks aren't making public the names of anybody who applies. So if we do find out somebody applies, it's basically because they, they say announced it. it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, she has applied. She is, as far as we know, the only Democrat. For those who don't know, she's the widow of former Omaha area Congressman Brad Ashford. And she ran for Congress unsuccessfully in 2018, did not get the Democratic Party nomination. Uh, but uh, she's always shown an interest in in elected politics, even when her husband uh, was alive. There was talk after he got defeated the first time that she would run, and then she did. And then, he, you know, he then passed away in the last year. But mm-hmm. um, again, she's the only Democrat, and I think... Uh, the odds of the odds of a Democrat being appointed are a, probably a zillion Zero. one. Yeah, yeah. I, I can I can tell you, and I don't know if this is going to happen or not. But I've had an interesting uh, discussion, so to speak, with uh, uh, first directly with Congressman Don Bacon, and then with his office on election day. I asked, and I'm putting the story out not long after we get off the air. Actually, um, I asked him on election day if he had any interest in the Senate job. Uh, this was even this was before it was really clear how it was all going to play out in terms of the appointment because Sass was still you know uh, we thought he was going to go I mean he had the job but a question of when he was right. going to get the job and all that kind of stuff and and his answer was in the end after he kind of went through a variety of things his answer was I'm not going to say no right now mm. so then a lot of things happened and um, the other day I contacted the, I contacted Flood's office Congressman Flood's office Congressman Smith's office. Because those are the the, uh, the three of the three Congress people, along with Ricketts, were the people that former Governor Dave Heineman said were basically the, the, the four people in Nebraska that he saw ready to hit the ground running day one in the U.S. Senate. And uh, so I contacted them, and and Flood's office said no, he's not uh, he's not applying, and Smith's office said no, he's not applying, and Bacon's office said uh, we have no response. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. So he so he told me and and back in election day when I asked him about it, what he said was, uh, he you know that he said God opens one door, closes another. Uh, he said there's he hasn't received any. He didn't. He told me back that no one was actually telling him you know you should apply, and he thinks that's in part because if he goes to the Senate, that opens up the second district house right. race to a special election, and. You know, could a Democrat, you know, pull, you know, I would presume very quickly that Vargas would be, you know, Tony Vargas, who just got beat by Bacon, he'd be running in that special election mm-hmm. and probably have a pretty good chance of, of winning, uh, you know, you know, short term yes. campaign. Yeah. Uh, he's just came off a two year campaign. So I think so Bacon realizes that, that maybe people figure you know, the seat is safe. Let's leave it as is. You know, Ricketts can the gov former the governor can go in there and take up the sentence. So, so why upset the apple cart? Right. But then as, as he went through his answer, he he, he said, but I'm not going to say no. Hmm. And so then, as I said, let things kind of settle. Saw where things were going then got going to check out the other uh, Congress people, see what they were thinking. And then his office said, we have no response. 
So I don't know. I don't know if he's applied. If he hasn't applied, but it's 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 curious. Yeah, uh, it's curious. Yeah, I mean, bottom line though is, and you alluded to this though. There's, I mean, realistically, even if he had, there's just there, there's no way they're gonna that 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 would be the choice. And then I didn't even realize that necessitated a special election. Um, you'd have that, the potential of losing that House seat. And then, I mean, on top of that, you've had Bacon uh, be the kind of the exception uh, in the Nebraska delegation with, with like a number of the, the lame duck votes that have happened here over the course of the last month or so, right? It clearly points to the fact that, that the 2nd Congressional District in Omaha, in Omaha is, 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 you know, is the purple district, is that blue dot on the map that Democrats nationwide talk about. On, on the train strike came out. Uh, they were going to vote on whether or not, you know, to force the railroads to go back to work. Congressman Flood voted, you know, against the deal. He, you know, he didn't, he didn't want, he didn't want to see that, that forced situation to occur. Congressman Smith voted against the deal, but Congressman Bacon voted yes. Uh, and, and his answer on that one was that he had talked to a variety of railroad workers, uh, and they were bothered by their working conditions that they had complained about. So, so he voted yes. The more significant vote, however, just came uh, last week when uh, Congressman Bacon uh, voted uh, in favor, so to speak, of same-sex marriage. Now you can it gets a bit, you know, semantics because of how the bill is divided up and how the legislation plays itself out. But he clearly, you know, he was, his, his vote clearly said, I'm okay with same-sex marriage. And in his, in his, and, and Flood and Smith obviously voted against it, splitting, splitting the, the delegation again. But in his response to questions, or actually he issued a statement as, uh, before he was even asked about it, uh, in Bacon's uh, statement as to why he was voting in favor of, of the uh, uh, Marriage Resolution Act, he said that uh, he's, you know, he firmly believes that the marriage is between a man and a woman, but sort of like understands that it, that it can go beyond that mm-hmm. to some degree. So he was obviously trying to make the right aware that, yes, I believe, I believe marriage is a man and woman first and foremost, but uh, the Supreme Court has already made this ruling, so why get involved? And here we go. Yeah. So, um, so he's, you know, uh, arguably he's trying to play both sides in that situation, which is what, which is what the congressman or woman, whoever it's going to be from, from the second district, is faced with uh, all the time now. So I would anticipate more and more you'll see on key votes uh, Smith and Flood voting one way and uh, Bacon voting another way. It, yeah, I it's, just think it's the way it is. And it's inter- And you can even add to that, you know, some of his comments, whether it's about Trump, whether it's about the the speakership of the House, whether you know whether it is, right. and, and that's what I and, and and I guess that's what I wondered is that is that as somebody who's covered him a lot is that sort of is is has he changed is that who he's been kind of from the beginning or or does it feel like that's got a little bit to do with sort of fitting in with the uh with the district as it stands right now i think it's 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 been pretty much his song the whole time and and part of that allowed him early on to and he's got more over time he gets support of a lot of unions uh ah. 
public unions and 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 he gets the support of the uh, Omaha Police Officers Association. So in effect, the uh, Omaha Police Department Union. Uh, he gets support of a variety of trade unions, uh, and not just a couple. I mean, dozens. Uh, so he's he's managed to uh, to to work that brand of his quite well uh, to the point where he's now got you know he's going into his fourth term in Congress uh, and you know he wins by two three four points but he wins and uh, he's he's managed to negotiate that that's those issues pretty well so uh, and I think you know in some respects maybe maybe it's not anything Jim Pillen would be interested in the governor-elect but uh, you could make the I think John Bacon could make the argument that this is why I'm really fit to be United States Senator because <laughs> I've got this broad range of, of of support, not just you know, not just the uh, the, the right wing of, of the Republican Party. Uh, now, again, I'm not sure that's anything, that's anything uh, uh, Pillen's interested in. Uh, and and again, as we've said for weeks, I mean, I don't think any of us. Uh, can imagine a, a scenario where Pete Ricketts isn't the next U.S. senator. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> just getting back, and I, I, I mentioned this when that railroad vote went down. You know, it's just, we we sort of have these these thoughts that you know, okay, Democrats t- tend to be more pro labor, right? And right. and they would do this thing. Yet, yet the votes on like you talk like Adrian Smith didn't vote for this. Where so you've got the president essentially saying, "I want I want the government to to get into this discussion to make a decision where where so the, like the labor's opposition uh, is overridden by the gov- government, right?" And and right. you've got Republicans saying, "No, I don't think the government should should take uh, should take the corporation's side on this whole thing, the, the railroad side on this whole thing." It's just so it's so odd how our politics. Well, I don't know. It's odd anymore. Maybe I shouldn't be surprised. Prize, but it's so odd how our politics becomes just sort of op- opposing people we disagree with more than being for for, you, for the standard things that our, our our parties are for. And you see that all that. This was a great example of that. I felt like with a lot of votes on this thing, whether you look at it from the president's perspective or or Republicans who are voting uh, voting against it on that perspective as well. So anyway, well, the the other thing about that vote and. and I could be way off base on this, but I really don't think I am. The other thing on that boat is the Republicans knew that barring some strange, <clears throat> excuse me, barring some strange situation, how it was going to end. It was, was going to go through mm-hmm. and the, they were going to be forced, the railroad workers were going to be forced to not take the picket lines. What would have happened if something odd would have occurred and now the railroad's on strike? Mm-hmm. And we're talking about two billion dollars a day to the u.s economy how you know what would republicans have done at that point right i i don't know i mean you know because they would have been labeled as their as causing this quote-unquote you know short-term so to speak recession um so i mean there was some risk in that vote had had it been you know gone the other way uh they'd have been labeled you know as, as upsetting the u.s economy when went upside down and backwards yeah yeah. Um, so last last question here for you. And, and I think I mean, I think we're probably in agreement. Most people are in agreement that it would be a major, major surprise if Pete Ricketts doesn't become the next senator from from Nebraska. Definitely the odds on favorite here with this whole thing. I don't know. How do you expect if if he becomes a senator? We'll have more time to talk about this. But 
Uh, How much kind of the limelight do you think he gets as a senator? Uh, What do you think sort of that 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 role is going to be like for him as compared to when he's government governor and and how much do you think he gets some kind of national focus uh for his role as a senator well the first uh bite at that apple will be when he's first asked and i you know it's going to happen he's going to be asked about uh former president trump mm-hmm. and yeah. would you would you support him if he's a 2024 nominee now he's always walked USA, that line too by the way yeah right usa today <laughs> today, I think, has a new poll out that says Republicans are favoring uh, DeSantis, the governor of Florida, by almost two to one over Trump right now. Uh, now, I haven't, I haven't had a chance to look much at the poll, but uh, if, if that's the beginning of a, of a, of a movement against, uh, against Trump, it makes it a lot easier for, for the ricketses of the world to answer, well, you know, we've got other candidates, and I'm sure I want to look at them. And and maybe, you know, if the Trump factor begins to wane, it's going to take a lot of pressure off of Republicans uh, as they have to answer that, that Trump question. Mm-hmm. If, if, if Trump, you know, stays uh, to some strength in the party, uh, that question gets really tough uh, for them to answer. But I do think that'll be one of the... It'll be I, it'll be curious to hear him answer that question when he gets because he's going to get it quickly on I would presume. Uh, and then in terms of uh, your other question, you know he may uh, when, when when you know how this, like on the Sunday morning news shows. I mean I can see him being on Fox News Sunday pretty regularly to be honest mm-hmm. with you. But on uh, whether it's ABC, CBS, or NBC, they only want Republicans on the air when they're going to criticize you know other Republicans. <laughs> mm. So I'm not sure that's where they're going to see Pete Ricketts doing anything like that. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so I so I don't know what his I don't know what his national stature is going to be, be going forward. But it is going to be interesting. You're right. Yeah. All right. Hey, great conversation, Joe. Always appreciate it. We will uh, we will check in next week. All right. Have a good one. Thanks, Jack. Take care, Joe Jordan. News Channel, Nebraska, at 726. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on Lincoln's News and Talk, 1499 KLIN. Why do you listen to KLIN? Let us know with a voice message in the free KLIN app. All right, 740, and it is time to count down the things you're going to be talking about today. We call this the morning drive, so let's get it started with... Number five. Well, the western third of the state under certain types of weather warnings, blizzard warnings for most of the panhandle, and we've just learned that I-80 is now closed at Ogallala westbound. I-76 closed into Colorado. Uh, crashes out there, and so they've just shut it down. It's uh, blizzard conditions Jeez. starting to hit out there. Expecting uh, upwards 18 to 20 inches of snow <laughs> in both Alliance Shadron. Winds uh, 45, gusting, maybe a little higher, and this is going to be a long-term event. Blizzard warning in effect now through 11 o'clock tomorrow night in the Panhandle. My goodness. Obviously a long way from, from here, but um, in the four hours, and, You know, it's four hours uh-huh. to Ogallala. Yeah. Um, so if, you, if for whatever reason you were thinking about going west here in the, the coming days, this is something that's going to impact this. Locally, uh, we're not going to see the snow. Um, I don't know. I haven't been out for a little bit, so I'm not sure if we've been still getting some rain here. Off and on, and we're expecting it to start again here about 8. Okay. Uh, um, another shower moving into the area. And I do know this weekend, obviously not until Sunday, but Wyoming is coming to play Nebraska women's basketball. Oh, all right. Well, they'll have a... 
maybe be if they're, I don't know, do they drive or do they fly to something like that? I would assume they'd fly. Yeah, probably. Probably. Uh, Lincoln-wise, though, uh, rain, and as Mark said, uh, probably more coming here uh, over the course of this morning. That is expected. Yeah, I'm looking at the radar now and got a pretty decent line. Uh, coming up from the south that's probably going to impact Lincoln in the next hour or so. Uh, But whatever rain there is is expected to taper off in the early afternoon hours. Wind will probably stay pretty decently high, but Mark, it's going to be a weird day for December because you'll have that rain in the morning and then uh, possibility of some sunshine in the afternoon. Still strong winds, but temperatures at about 50 degrees while you're getting the blizzard on the other side of the state. Sunshine and the strong south winds here, but out west, it's Snow and strong northwest winds. Yep. And cold. Yeah. And really cold. Uh, this this is going to usher in our first real big cold snap of the year, uh, which will be here next week. Yeah, that looks... And we'll have Dr. Ken Dewey on at 835 to give us a little bit more of a preview. But uh, just in terms of the timing of that, if you're looking at next week, looks like about Tuesday, Monday night, Tuesday is when the cold really settles in and we're going to have that first dip of the Arctic air. I guess we had a little bit of that actually about a month ago. Yeah, we were... It got really cold. We were below zero, but only for a day, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, but it was still... Yeah, it was was very cold. It looks like we're going to get back into that maybe leading up to the... uh, the Christmas holiday, but uh, no, nothing significant in terms of precipitation in the next few days. Santa's going to have uh, to have expected. his electric socks on. Yeah, though, I don't know about the white Christmas. We'll see what Dr. Dewey says about that. Moving on. Number four. Yesterday, Lincoln Police described a weekend incident at the Taco Bell on West O resulted in three people being arrested, three people involved in a disagreement. Two teenage employees assaulted a man who wouldn't leave the restaurant at closing time. They uh, reportedly hit him with an aluminum broomstick and metal chairs. After that, they got the man outside, locked him out, and then he broke the glass door and caused about $400 in damage. They arrested all three of them. Yeah. (laughs) Like, uh, man, I'm really curious what happened here that they ended up arresting all three of them. Um, did did, Did the police have reason to believe that the physical assault was, you know, completely unjustified? Um, was it just, you know, he, he was loitering, wouldn't leave, uh, and, and they started beating him up, and that's why they got arrested, but the, they got the guy outside, and as you said, then he started doing property damage at that point, uh, and, and, uh, that was pretty significant as well, so a very lively scene there, but, you know, it's interesting what, <laughs> what kind of a situation these teenagers find themselves in right now when, when they decided to take it upon themselves to to get this guy out of there physically if necessary. Yeah, I'd, I'd be incredibly interested to know what was said during the situation on the hey, it's closing, you have to leave. What what all yeah. what what all led to the the parts where the the teens were were hitting him. Um, well, I think the fact that they used uh, something other than, phys- you know, their physical force right. uh, to just to shove him out. I mean, they used a metal uh, broom handle, a chair. Right. Uh, you know, that's uh, getting a... That's I hand- guess, but was that, I mean, uh, it, was there any self-defense, defense of property, defense of others that was, was a part of that as well? Was he threatening them at all? Yeah. Now, the lesson there is, if someone's not leaving at closing time, you call the Which, police. 
By the way, that's not. It was at like nine o'clock. They don't close till one a.m. at Taco Bell. So. I think the I think the uh, lobby there does close. Oh, is that true? I just pulled up the hours because I was. Well, that you're right though. That might just be the drive-through hours there. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of them now. Have, Ten p.m. Ten p.m. They close. Okay. Yeah. So. So they had they had a, a while there, but yeah, you know, hopefully. Not something, not a job hazard you're expecting. You're going to work at a fast food restaurant that you end up in an altercation and getting arrested after the whole thing's over. But it'll be interesting to see if they're actually charged uh, with anything on this whole thing. So we will see. Moving on. Number three. U.S. Department of Energy planning an announcement about a major scientific breakthrough at the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory out in California, one of several sites worldwide. Researchers have been trying to develop the possibility of harnessing energy from nuclear fusion as opposed to nuclear fission. Technology has a pen- uh, potential to accelerate the planet's swift shift away from fossil fuels and even nuclear fuels uh, that leave radioactive waste. So this leaked yesterday, and I watched a lot of stuff on this. Okay. Um, so fusion, um, different than fission. Fusion, you're smushing things together and you're taking the energy that comes from those two atoms becoming one. And then breaking apart again. And breaking apart again. So, so yes, you, you have that part of it. Now, what the announcement is going to be is that for the first time at this institute, that process of fusion released more energy than was put into it. So it's a net increase of energy. Yeah, so it's a net positive, and they've never had that before. They, they've had times where they've had more energy than what came from the fusion itself, but what they put into it with lasers that caused the fusion, it still wasn't a total net positive. So the thought is, fission is what powers electricity now, which leaves waste, right? Mm-hmm. It, yes. uh, that, it leaves nuclear. a byproduct, essentially. Nuclear waste. Yeah, yeah. nuclear yeah. Nuclear waste. The idea, if I'm understanding this right, is that it's this clean. would be a way to do that where there wouldn't be the nuclear Correct. waste that's left behind after it's Basically, over. you use seawater. Oh, really? But the elements to do it are in seawater. Mm-hmm. See, the sun is actually a, a, a fusion. Yeah, the, the sun is, cre- is fusion. is how you get all the energy coming off of the sun. Okay. This is incredible. Like, it's so interesting to watch, and I just got into, like, a TikTok scrolling just as I found more stuff on this yesterday. It's so intriguing to hear really, really smart people talk about this and what the possibilities are. Now, obviously, in the very early stages, but an announcement like this, very significant. Um, right now, the amount of energy um, that they're able to do with it is doing what it takes to boil about 10 kettles of water, mm-hmm. is, is what they're talking about. Um, and so you got to do this on a much more massive oh, scale. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the beginning of it. What was the movie? I don't, nobody's going to know what I'm talking about. There was a movie where they thought they figured out what they called cold fusion, and they would do all the designs. Anybody remember that movie? What was that movie? I don't know. This this keeps reminding me of of that. It was a movie from the '90s, I think. You know what I'm talking? Anybody remember that? There's no. a movie literally just called Cold Fusion. Yeah, I don't think that was it. That was. It. So, <laughs> I don't, I'll figure it out. Somebody will text me. They'll know the what I'm Saint? talking about. Yeah, the Saint. Yes, the Saint. That's the one. That was a great movie. Val Kilmer. Yeah, that was a good movie. That was when I was in college. Uh, what's her name? Was it? Oh yeah, that was a very good movie. All right, Val Kilmer, Iceman. Yep, Iceman. All right, moving on. High tech thief and master in dis- master of disguise. It was it was a really good movie. I'm telling you right okay. now. Okay. 
Number two. TC Energy, which is the operator of the Keystone Pipeline System. It does carry a form of crude oil from Canada to multiple states. They had a, a major breach just uh, east of Washington, Kansas. That's just south of the Nebraska border. About 14,000 barrels of crude spilled into Mill Creek. Pipeline and Hazardous Materials Safety Administration of USDA ordered the affected section uh, closed. They say they have now contained that breach in its entirety. Yikes. And you got a whole lot of people who are uh, against the uh, pipeline going through Nebraska that didn't ever happen saying, see, I told you so, I suppose, for better or for worse. That's probably the result of uh, well, they're, they're gonna have this to, whole thing. They're going to have to check and see what caused it. What are the... Well, there, there what be, are the possible causes of there, a there, there could be a, leak, uh, a, natural, a hole in the pipe, uh, a hole in the pipe, some type of structural defect. Uh, there've been Kansas has had a few little minor earthquakes. You know that could shake things up, and there's always the chance of terrorism. Fourteen thousand terrorism. Wow, I didn't think of that. Environmental terrorism. Fourteen thousand barrels of crude oil. Yikes! Holy cow. What a mess. Absolute mess there with yeah, that thing. It's a mess. So, so that's close to the border. Is yeah, where that it's, happened. It's just south of uh, the border. Washington, uh, Kansas is down on Highway 36. So okay. It's wow. probably 10, 15 miles south of maybe a little more now. Oof. All right. Moving on. Uh, in a sad note here. Number one. Doctors at the University of Mississippi Medical Center uh, guarded yesterday. Mississippi State Coach Mike Leach's condition, uh, they reported he's in critical condition. Uh, on some published reports that he suffered a massive heart attack at his home in Starkville. So, But that's about all we know. At this yeah, point. there's been a lot of rumors yeah. online about his condition, and, and I'm not going to claim to have the, the answer to it, but there's been... No, if it, you know, there were rumors that he had passed away or was about to pass away. There hasn't been anything. You've had fake journalists on this. It's just so. The only thing really official that we have, Mississippi State came out and said that, yeah, he he's in uh, he's in the hospital. His family appreciates all of the the well wishes, but they do ask for for privacy as they they try to ride this situation out. Man, um, and you know, it goes without saying that you hope he's you know you you hope he's okay. Mm-hmm anybody's okay in that situation but um he just injected so much fun into a sport that sometimes takes itself way too seriously mm-hmm. i think and that was in, that was important especially in the sec kind of where he yeah. was he was doing that well anyone um, who is a fan of college football is a fan of coach leach yeah like that that's just the way it is because he would he would start talking about dinosaurs right and just spend five minutes at a press conference those those press conferences had to just be bananas because you didn't know what he was going to say. He talked about in the middle of, uh, I think at a halftime coming back, he talked about his it was sometime around Halloween, talked about his favorite candy. Mm-hmm. He was just a coach that was relatable to, to, to people that were both very, very into the X's and O's of football but also just very casually I just kind of want to know what this guy's going to say because it's going to be fun it's going to make this game a little bit lighter and there's a lot of seriousness that goes on in college athletics, especially high-level college athletics with the amount of money that's involved. And he is one of the most accessible people in a very inaccessible uh, world. We could have gotten him for an interview if we wanted to. Yes. I mean, like, 
just to, to I mean, it, hap- it happened. He was mm-hmm. he was on local radio all the, really frequently. Yes, almost um, weekly. <laughs> yes, people people would contact him, and um, it, and it's just crazy because some football coaches, even locally, are impossible to get. But you could get you get Mike Leach to come on your show and talk about his team, talk about college football, talk about his idea for a. What do you want a sixty fourteen playoff? <laughs> all of these, all of these things. So anyway, Weren't there some reports that he had some medical uh, conditions yes, before. I don't the know end what to season. believe. Yeah, no, you no, might. I mean, yeah, he was seen uh, hospitalized or, or checked out for a respiratory sometime. A Maybe I, just before the end of the season. I don't know, but it's just it, any time I hear a story about somebody, especially in their you know, in their sixties, um, having having a, a, a heart attack or something like that, it's just. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying. Like it's it's re- it's just super scary. So um, anyway, hopefully hopefully it. I don't know. It sounds like perhaps it's a it's an uphill battle because you've also got issues with if you you know you can have brain issues obviously that yeah. come along with with that depending on how long the entire process took as well. So hopefully there's still good news to come out of this, but but a, a terrible situation there. All right, we'll take a break. It's 754, 39 degrees in the capital city. You're listening to Lincoln's News and Talk 1400, 993 KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499 KLIN. All right, so apparently on the text line. Uh, everybody knew the movie. Everybody knew the movie, and also <laughs> everybody hated it. And I don't remember, I mean. Okay, look, I'm going to be really honest. I just remember one scene in the movie in particular when Val Kilmer had to hide in like ice cold, like ice water underwater, not to be found. And then he was going to die of hypothermia. And so Elizabeth Shue had to like warm him with her body. <laughs> and uh, that was the one that st- and it had a really good soundtrack. As I so you were too. what, like 20 when this movie came out? Yeah. I can see that skewing the overall <laughs> it was, overall uh, plus, reputation. Plus, you got to understand, Elizabeth Shue at the time, we, uh, you know, my generation grew up with Elizabeth Shue as like sort of one of those heartthrob actresses over the years, and and then you know she was, um, I get right? it. She was she was the girlfriend in Karate Kid. Yeah. She was a girlfriend in Karate Kid, and then like Adventures in Babysitting, that was her too. I'm pretty sure. So you know, you I, maybe that impacted my my thought on that movie, even it, though it didn't have the best plot in the world. It's a known fact that when you're younger, movies are way better than what you remember. Right. So uh, somebody said they actually walked out of that movie. It was so bad. <laughs> okay, wasn't I can't think it was that bad. Anyway, he found that that's basically what's happening, uh, essentially, right, with this this fusion thing. Mm-hmm. Same thing is the same, right? Yeah. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, someone's taking their shirt off and pressing against somebody else. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that's happening today. <laughs> it's 8 o'clock on KLI. I'm like... Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back, 810. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. You know, it's not very often in life when you're like at some point where you're like, man, I wish there was somebody who would do this. 
uh, because it would uh, it would make my life better, easier, more fun, whatever it is. And then the, somebody emerges and does that exact same that exact thing that you're asking for uh, to to do that. But that is uh, what our next guest did for years. Uh, one of the things I would always do growing up with my family here in Lincoln and then with my own family here, we'd always have a, a night or multiple nights. We'd drive around and look at lights. And there were occasionally lists that would pop up in terms of where good places to go or you kind of knew where they were. But I always wish there was a little bit more sort of ordered, organized way to figure out how to do that best and optimize your time. And then... Philip Wagner comes along and creates Philip's Lincoln Lights, uh, which is a Facebook page. And uh, this was, uh, let's see, uh, well, good, first of all, good morning, Philip. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. What, what year did you start this thing? Oh, I've probably been doing the map itself for over 10 years. Over 10 years. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, it, was, it was probably five, six years ago that somebody brought the Facebook page to my attention, yeah. and, and I started to... And it started to grow. He now has twenty seven thousand followers on uh, on his Facebook page um, that provides information, maps, routes, and so forth. Um, so very cool that you do this. First of all, just kind of tell us about the evolution of of this and how it's grown since you originally did it. I assume you originally did it the same reason that I was talking about the reason that I wish that that uh, somebody would do it. I just didn't do it myself. Yep, uh, moved to Lincoln and I wanted to find the best lights and town because you know it's a bigger city than from where i was from so i wanted to make my own map because nothing out there i liked so i did and i figured there's other people who might get use out of this so i started to share it and then four years ago we kind of got someone gave me the idea to do the facebook group and Mm -hmm. from there it's just gone huge it's gone huge yeah. since then Twenty twenty seven thousand. 27,000 uh, you, you said you just passed 27,000 27, this morning and i'm sure tons of interactions and questions yes, and constantly questions, it's pictures your hobby videos. is probably becoming a, a bit of a full-time job huh? a little bit it does get that way <laughs> at times but i don't mind yeah uh, just tell me you just uh, just kind of a, a passion you like this it's it, it you you probably always uh, just liked the the experience of driving around and looking at lights and that sort of thing yeah, I think just like you, it's a, it was a family tradition, and we made it mine, uh, one with my family and our kids and everything. So yeah. So what what has been your sort of idea and and how to best streamline the process when you saw like what problem was there to sort of fix with this and how have you done that with this uh, project? I think uh, just knowing where the best displays were, and I think having Facebook is probably the best solution to that because you have so many members who can see more and be in more neighborhoods and know where the best places are than I just by myself probably couldn't do that. I need all my all the members there to tell me, you know, what they see and what they drive by because I can't be everywhere. <laughs> it would dig for I mean it t- so I've I've got a map and yeah, there's just there's scads of them um in and around in and around Lincoln. So yeah, I assume yes, you're constantly getting messages, pictures, information about like how do you verify that they're good enough to go on the list exactly? Yeah, I ask for pictures for most times and then I have some criteria I try and use uh like theme, size, um if other people think it's good enough, they need to be there or if there's just not one in that particular neighborhood, I'll add one cuz Sure. Not everyone can drive 30 minutes to go see certain displays, sure. so you want to keep it close for people. Yeah. Um, so you've got a, and, and we're going to get to the best ones here in, in, in a little bit here, which you're going to unveil here on the show, which is super cool. Um, but yeah, you you've you you look at the map that you can get linked through Phillips Lincoln Lights, and let's just talk first about the, about the map generally, about how many displays are on there total right now. It's probably... 
About at 125, about if 125. not more. Yeah. Most of them in Lincoln, but some in the surrounding, some surrounding areas, areas as well. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How much have, uh, since since you started doing this, how has kind of the, the light game changed? And I ask that specifically because I know you've got little markers on the, on the map that you made that show the ones that have music, for instance, mm-hmm. and that don't. In, in 10 years of sort of following this, how much has the, the industry, so to speak, changed? I think music and then syncing those lights to music's the big thing, and it probably has been for the past, oh, four or five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, first 10 years ago, you, you barely could find one that was synced to music. There's right. one that was here that's still going that's kind of the original that I knew of, one right. that was synced to music. Yeah, and it used to be some of them would do that, but they would put like loudspeakers out, and you'd yep. you'd roll down your window, which they may still do yep, that. They but still now, do. but now a lot of these places have their own FM radio yep. signal. A lot right? of FMs people still do outside speakers, but if right. it has an FM on the list, it'll it'll say that on kind of the heading of the ad the address. So the other thing that you did, so you can you can go to again Phillips Lincoln Light the Facebook page, and then you can get the map of all of the places if you just want to look at it that way and see yep. where all these are. But then the cool thing that I think that you did is is obviously you're not going to be able to hit all these places in a night. It's, I mean, in, in a week of nights, you probably yeah. couldn't. So you div- divided them into like geographic chunks and routes. Tell yep. us a little bit about that. Yep. Uh, people had always asked for routes, and I found a way to do it on the Google map. So two years ago, I added that, but people then asked, oh, we need some turn-by-turn directions because they just, <laughs> you it's hard just, to navigate you just, sometimes. You had just listed the addresses in previous years, you I assume. You could click on the route on the map, and it would show a line, and you could you could possibly hit each one in that route and get directions to right. it, but it just didn't work the best. Yeah. So this year, something new, which is in the featured section on the page, is turn-by-turn directions for... That's cool. So you've got, so if you go to the, you click the map, there's an east route, southeast route, south route, southwest, west, northeast, highway two route, and a central route. Yep. Are these, uh, did you try and time these out so they were kind of a certain length? Somewhat. I try and pick the ones geographically which might be closer. Some of the routes are longer than others for sure because you, at the same time, you're trying to get all the displays you can into routes. So it kind of becomes difficult to get them all together. Right. Yeah, very cool. Uh, Philip Wagner joining us from Philip's Lincoln Lights. So last year, I remember you. We had you on, and you were still. You were. I think you were working on what your top ten were going to be. And I said, we got to get you on next year. And I, I want you to announce it on the show. And yep. I talked to you earlier this week. You're like, you you would do it. But first, tell me about. It's a, obviously a subjective process for that whole thing, but tell me about how uh, how you do that. I like to preface by saying this is my personal favorite top just ten. Favorite I don't want 10. anyone else to think like the, there's a competition <laughs> in the group or anything. This right. is just what I like. And, right. um, but you're the of, expert, so that's good. That's right. good. I, we want to know what you think because right. you've you've seen it all here it, at this point. It's been sort of a lot of the top ten have been the same the past years. This year, I'm trying to switch it up a little bit. Give okay. other ones that I haven't had so far up right. what recognition. T- what tends to, what, it, like you said, personal preference, what things do you tend to like uh, that, that make places work for you? Um, I like a lot of things to see in a place. I like music synced to certain ones. Um, other times, just the way they've done their landscaping and what they have to work with and what they've put up is just outstanding. Yeah. So you got to appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well then let's, uh, let's hear about the, uh, the top 10 for this year. Okay. All right. Well, I can start it 
10? Yeah, think? go. let's go to 10 and, and let's count backwards and, and tell us where they are and maybe a little bit of a preview. And this, you'll, you'll publish this later, yeah, right? Yeah, I'll publish this later All today. Right, sounds so good. So I actually have a tie for number 10. Okay. Um, first one is 6234 Franciscan Drive. Um, it's a Charlie Brown theme, but on top of that, a lot of lights, a lot of other things to see. It's it's just a pretty big display, and they do a really good job. Okay, and there's a tie, so it's actually top eleven. Yep. Okay. Top eleven. <laughs> um, <laughs> didn't want to cut anyone. No, that's I didn't. A, want that's it. all right. That's all right. Next one is seventy four forty Exbury Road. So this is the Singing Tree House. It used to be by South oh, Point. Oh, okay. Yes. And lots of people know this. So it's they've probably, moved. They've moved. Okay. They moved two years ago, I think. Okay. Um, and that was probably the original music one that I knew about that had a singing tree. And I think he did that all on their own before, you know, these things you could buy and just yeah, have it ready. He, that was probably 10 years. I remember taking my son when he was little out there. And they yep. they would have, one of them would dress up like Santa yep. Yep. and be out there, which my son was terrified of the first year. <laughs> that was a great one. So where where is it now? It's, uh, I don't know 7440 Exbury Road. How do you spell Exbury? What these words? E-X-B-U-R-Y. Oh, Exbury. E-X-B-U-R-Y. I'm, I'm probably I'm just, not pronouncing No, things. that's right. I'm just trying to see where that is uh, exactly. So, oh, okay. So that's on... That's the south part of town here, uh, Pine Lake. Okay, 70th and Pine Lake area is where that is. Okay, very cool. All right, what else we got? All right, number nine, 9645 Iron Gate Court. So this is, there's a ton of trees that are set to white lights, just wrapped in white lights and a ton of them. Um, it's it's a gated community, and sometimes I've heard that gate closed, so you can't get exactly to the house. So if you want to see this one, you want to go to South 98th Street and Old Cheney Road. Okay. There's a roundabout right there, so you could <laughs> take the roundabout a few times and look at the Go, go way up to 98th Street. So this is a problem. You're not. You're, you're right. probably not just passing this one when you're driving around Lincoln right Right. Yeah, this is kind of out All there, right. but it's no, worth it. That's good to know. That's good to know. We wouldn't know otherwise. All right, what else we got? Next one's 2430 Dorothy Drive. Um, this one, I think, has been a Lincoln classic yeah, that's... forever. And right, Northeast Lincoln, right? Yep. Yeah, Northeast Lincoln. Is this the one that just has everything? Everything, yeah, L- like, like whole kitchen sink. Yeah, right. Like yeah, a lot of cutouts, a lot of I think homemade things. The, it, right, there's like great. Disney, Charlie Brown, Nativity yep. scene, if I recall, Oscar yep. sign. Yep. I think, yeah, you have, right. have yep. to have the, yep. there. Yep. All right. Um, one one zero one North ninety seventh Street. So this is Northeast Lincoln. Um, they have a ton of stuff too, and they have huge backyard that they have lights on too, and there's music playing on speakers outside, and there's just a ton to see. That whole area is really yeah, good. They do really well yeah. up there. And yeah, there's actually absolutely. another one right close to it. Okay. Um, nine hundred North ninety sixth Street. Okay. All right. So that was number what six? Sorry, I misspoke. One one. Sorry. 1101 North 97th Street. Their music is set to an FM station. Okay. Uh, 900 right. North 96th Street is, is speakers. The All, right. Yep. All right. That was what? Number six? Yep. I lost count here. Okay, yep. number five. Number six. 5143 Garland Street. Um, this one has a ton of landscaping and just they've done lights really well with the landscaping they have. It's on the corner and it's just a good job. Okay. All right. Number four? Uh, 6800 Marcus Road. This one has usually been... In my top two, they have everything you can think of in their yard. It's a huge yard. Um, another southeast. Is that where that house. is? South yep. where, I was just going to look up where this is. I should know where. I've lived here long enough that I should know. Kind of off of uh, Highway 2 there. Yep. It's probably on Any your Highway 2 Any sort of Christmas route. decoration you want to see, it 
It's probably at this house. Huge inflatables, uh, everything. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Uh, number three, number right? Number three, 633 South 112th Street. This so, is the one. This yes, is everybody the one. knows this Everyone's one. probably going to have this one as their number one, and it's been mine lots of years, but kind of switching things up. This is one where you may have to wait in line if you go yeah. at a popular time. I tell everyone to come to this display from the south and from A Street. Everyone, oh, really? Everyone goes from O Street, Street and then... Why? It. But the thing is, you're on the wrong side of the road then, right? You are, but there's a lot less people, and oh. you can see just as much. And Yeah, if you haven't seen this one, it's a bit, it's an acreage, it's yep. huge. It can get backed up to it, O Street. It, so. it has got tons of stuff. It's got yep. music, music, it's all yep. synchronized, yep. it's really good. And this will be lots of people's number one, but yeah. yep. switching things up. That's fine. All right, number two. Number two is 7300 Carson Road. This is the Christmas Vacation House. I It's my one of my personal favorite Christmas movies, so... If you haven't seen it, I saw this one for the first time last year. I can't believe how good it is. Yep. Lots of it, good props, and they add more each year. They, there's more this year? Yep, there's okay. more this year. I went last year, and if you haven't been there... You need and you like the movie Christmas yep. Vacation. Yep. You are missing out. This is in our city, and I can't imagine there are too many better uh, displays like I this can't in the nation. That either, like no. I'm serious. Yeah, it's that good. The amount of stuff that they've got on this one, you will be glad that you went there. All right, number one. Number one is 707 Indian Hills Drive. Okay. So this one is right next to South 84th Street. Um, if you've ever driven that, you'll notice there's a ton of lights in the, in the backyard. backyard. Yep. Yes. I've don't driven... don't stop on South 84th Street because you're probably going to get in a wreck or something. Yes. But go to the Indian Hills Drive. There's who they do a, a tremendous job and they put lights anywhere they can. So uh, there's stuff in the front because I've everybody seen the backyard probably stuff in the front stuff on the sides. There's even a place. There's a bench you can get out and have a photo opportunity with. I think there's like a big <laughs> present in the back of you. So okay, they every space they can put lights they have and it's just amazing i think a lot of people sometimes miss this one and i think it's time to give it some credit okay so, there you go it's number so one this year shout out uh 707 indian hills drive which again if you've ever driven on 84th street south 84th street at night you probably know what you're ta- we're talking about because yep. they do a good job of decorating the back for people along 84th yep. street yep on that well very by the way do you think these people are crazy who do all oh these no i <laughs> I respect them because I can't so, start. Be they so much have work. to start. Most people probably have to start in October, and I just can't. And. It's got to be so much work. And then the fu- you know, I'm putting the lights on my tree, and I blow a fuse, and I'm furious. <laughs> yeah. Right? Just I had electrical issues last night with the rain. Probably will today. So <laughs> exactly. That is uh, that's so cool. So there it is. Uh, Phillips top ten this year. Uh, what should people know? I know you're on Facebook, so just search for Facebook. Anything else should people know uh, in kind of how to follow the the stuff that you're putting out? Yep. Uh, Phillips Lincoln Lights on Facebook. Um, if you don't want to do Facebook, you can go to the map directly, and that's HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash tinyurl.com forward slash Lincoln Lights 2022, but it's okay. Lincoln is L-I-N-C-N Lights okay. 2022. Right. Keep it a little smaller. If you so. can't find it, just text me if you can't, but Facebook's probably the easiest way to find it, and you'll yep. be you'll be publishing these top 10 today. Yep. Now today, the top them 10 out. will come out, yep. That's awesome. Hey, thanks so much for doing this. A lot of families appreciate it. Well, sure. I can't imagine the amount of work, but uh, it's cool. It's right, cool that you, you do it. Me. So Yeah, and uh, you're welcome to announce your top 10 every year here. All right, so. I can make it a tradition. There so. you go. Alright, there you go. Phil Wagner, the man behind the genius site, Phillips Lincoln Lights. He's got your routes. He's got your top 
top 10. He's got your holiday cheer. All right, 826, we'll take a break. Sports coming up next on KLIN. Got an opinion on the latest Huskers game? Fire off with a voice message in the free KLIN app. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, it's 837 LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Glad to have you back with us. And uh, it is time on a uh, volatile weather day in the state of Nebraska. What better time to welcome our next guest on is Dr. Ken Dewey, our weather and climate guru. Dr. Dewey, good morning. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing fine, but you know what? It must be bad because you've got me on the air. Yeah, well, it's bad. I mean, if I were doing a radio show in Chadron, I would definitely be having you on the air to talk about what is is going on right now. But, you know, yeah. Let's get the good news out of the way. Okay. The good news is a week from today is the winter solstice and we'll be increasing daylight heading back towards summer. Now that we got the good news out of the way, let's unravel what's going on. <laughs> now let's do 15 minutes of bad news. Okay, great. Um, let's let's just quick quick look back uh, a little bit the last month or so since I've talked, uh, since we've talked, you know, um, we talked about a month ago, but in that time, you know, you had a kind of a... Uh, unusual cold snap for November, and then temperatures kind of mitigated. Haven't had the the early snowstorm this year. Uh, just give us some of the thoughts on on what the last month has brought us weather wise. Sure, Jack. We've we've bypassed having winter weather so far, and remember the earliest snow we've ever had in Lincoln is in September. The latest first snow is New Year's Eve. Last year, our first snow was December 15th, and it stayed warm all last December. Christmas Day was in the 50s. So this is about to end, and we'll get into that in a moment. But the drought is probably the only story that's been really, really big in the last month. We're now on the year nine inches below normal, and you just can't make up that amount of water in the winter. Even last night's rainfall, um, right around a half inch at the Lincoln Airport and right around six-tenths of an inch at my house out in rural South Lincoln, that's not going to make up the nine inches. And in the winter months, they're the drier months. It may snow, and the snow can stay on the ground for a while, but the really wet months are spring and summer. It'll, we're going to have to wait till next spring to see if we come out of this drought. Yeah, it. Um, yeah, yeah. Even, even. It was, it was crazy. Last night, Doctor Dewey, I'm, I'm laying in bed and I saw lightning flashes, um, which it feels like is not something you, you, you see that much in December. No, but last year, of course, we had that big event. But yeah. First, well, yes, last night there were some thunderstorms, or a little rumble of thunder, and there was some lightning, and um, that was indicative of how tropical this system is. And there was an outbreak of severe weather way off to our south this year. Last year, on December 15, so we're coming up on that anniversary in a couple of days, there were over two dozen tornadoes in the state of Nebraska. Well, that's a pretty big deal, Jack, because in the history of tornadoes in Nebraska, 1950 through 2021, there had only been a handful of about six tornadoes ever recorded in the state. So to have two dozen and over 40 to 50 tornadoes across the Midwest with hurricane-force winds that just ravaged across the state causing damage. So this is indicative of last year was really warm. And it stayed warm through December. And remember, the winter only had five inches of snow. Mm -hmm. Now, we're looking at a situation here that's quite different than a year ago where it stayed warm. This warm weather today is kind of deceiving everybody. It's in the 50s here. By the way, I just got an alert here from the state patrol. I-80 is closed uh, from North Platte West. So anyone planning on driving west? 
don't. Yeah. I mean, you can go to West Lincoln, but maybe Grand Island, but don't go west. It's really bad out there. Do you remember the December 2009 where it just snowed and snowed and snowed in Lincoln? Mm-hmm. Yes, very much That's so. That's what's happening today in western Nebraska. This is a slow-moving system, and it's just been snowing and snowing, and it will all day into the night, and there will be several feet of snow out in the panhandle. So we're bypassing that. So that's, I guess, if you want to look at good news, the main snowstorm is going to be off to the west of us, slide up through South Dakota, go up into Minnesota, and then Jacket's going to do something really weird. It's just going to sit there and spin around a little bit and send bands of snow south towards us. So we might see some flurries on Thursday. Mm. No alert. No, we're not going to get anything like that. But we could see flurries Thursday, but we're still waiting for our first measurable snow. But boy, in a few minutes, we're going to take a look ahead at it next week. Yeah, well, let, let, and just in terms of then the impact today on us, we we, we did get. I think the airport said about a half inch of rain overnight last night. Um, it looks like that'll probably what it, we got a little bit of it now. That'll probably kind of end in the afternoon, and I think the sun might come out this afternoon, and we'll be fifty and windy, which will be an odd an odd afternoon. Is that what you're expecting too? Exactly. And Jack, I'm looking at the radar and the main band, remaining main band of rain is going up along the Missouri River. So it has pushed west a little bit over the city. I'll look out the window at my house and it's just sprinkling a little bit. So the rain isn't going to end for a while, but it's indicative of this storm. It's just spinning around. And as the moisture comes up over us with the warm air, we're getting rain. Not a lot more, though. Mm -hmm. And then over to the west of us is where then as the moisture hits that area uh, with the colder temperatures, that's going to be all snow. So, yeah, it's kind of an unpleasant day. And the winds are kind of up a little bit. And, well, I guess not too windy. Um, But it's, it's unpleasant outside. But, you know, we still have to talk about next week. As of now, don't go west. This is a bad day from now through tomorrow to go to the western part of Nebraska. Well, let's get into what's coming. I'm just just looking temperature-wise. It looks like we kind of normalize into the 30s and high 20s up through the weekend. Uh, But but to me, Dr. Dewey, it looks like a changeover is happening at the beginning of next week. Is that what you're seeing, too? Exactly. You know, and I about a week ago, I said to everybody, I'm going to, I said on social media, I'm going to be blunt. It's going to hurt. <laughs> and this will hurt. Oh, no. First surge of cold air is just cold, reminding us that, yes, it's December. And if we take a look at temperatures as the sun comes back out tomorrow, and the temperature is probably in the mid-30s. Well, that's just a little below normal. Normal's right around 40. And then Thursday, well, it's going to go below freezing and be a high only of 31. And Friday, a high of 28. Now, that's cold. Mm-hmm. It's not going to hurt. It's uncomfortable. But it's just a foretaste of what's going to come. And then Saturday, lower 30s. And then Sunday, a warm-up to 37. All right. And then we might not go above freezing again until next year. Oh, no. I told you, Jack. Oh, God. The rest of the year. Yikes. <laughs> so Monday, 21 for a high. See, it's, oh, okay, we can handle that. Tuesday, 21 for a high, but, you know, a low around 4. Okay, maybe we can handle that. Wednesday next week, a high of 14. Ugh. And a low of 6 to 10. 
below zero. Oh, God. Now, Thursday, Jack, you, 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 haven't, you haven't switched to a commercial, so I guess I'm still on here. <laughs> so far. <laughs> if I were you, I'd, I'd signal the engineering booth. Quick commercial. We don't want to hear this. <laughs> Thursday, a week from now, as we're coming up into almost Christmas Eve, a high of seven. Ugh. And a low of four to ten degrees below zero. Jeez. And then Friday, it warms only to 14. Christmas Eve should be around 10 to 12 degrees with a high that day of maybe 15. Christmas Day, a high of 22. See, there's no going above freezing. Yeah. And- now, not a lot of snow, nothing like 2009. But the odds are we're going to see our first white Christmas in about four years. And, Jack, you know, we only get white Christmases about a third of the time. It's not a place that normally has a snow cover of an inch or more on Christmas Day. But this is going to lock us into, if we do get some precipitation, it's not going to melt. Not with a high of seven. Yeah. I, I, you're speechless, Jack. No, I'm just, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, number one, yes, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm dreading that extended cold snap because you're right. That is going to hurt with where things have been. Uh, but, it, but I was interested in that. You seem to think that it's almost, uh, I, I don't know if the, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but maybe more likely than not that we end up with a white Christmas, at least as it stands now, way in advance. Is that, is that fair? That is correct. And I, all of the computer models put about an inch to two inches of snow on the ground by Christmas morning. Now, you know, this is a little bit ahead of time, and that could change. We just have that little bit of a snow dome over us right now, and my good friend and colleague, Rusty, says, don't ever use the word dome. People think it's real. Well, it's an apparent dome over the city, keeping us out of the snow so far this year, this season, I should say. But uh, the total snow, and I can pull up a map that says, what's the total snow expected between now and, you know, the end of the year? But I looked up through... Christmas, and if I click all the way through here, I'm still, I'm up to 17th, 18th of December, I'm now up to the 20th, and there it is. On the 20th of December, we get a couple inches of snow, and then by Christmas morning, I look it up on 25th, and we've got four inches of snow, five inches of snow. Oh, wow. Around. All right. So but, the snow could, would come along with those bitter cold temperatures, it sounds like. That, yes, that's kind of what they're looking right. at. But we're in a drought still, so it's hard to get moisture into our area. But in a drought, it doesn't mean it stops raining and snowing. It's just you just don't get as much. Yeah. A repeat of 2009-10 where we had, it seemed like, 10 feet of snow on the ground and it never melted till spring. No. But very cold, whatever snow we do get is going to stay. It mm-hmm. won't melt away. At least for a while, I hope, is what you're saying. Is the, well, is it in June. <laughs> yeah, of course. I was thinking we're going to get a, you know, a 45, today, 45 degree day in January or something. What, what about that longer term forecast into January and February? Is this Arctic uh, blast going to stick around, uh, not just for a couple of weeks, but a couple of months? Well, Jack, normally I'd say I'm not going to tell you, but as long as we know that this is the negative show today, yeah. right? uh, let me pull up temperatures into January. Um, oh, Jack. Oh, no, don't <laughs> yeah. do this. Oh, yeah, let's not do this. Um, it looks like this could be a pattern for our winter, and that's the problem with we look at the type of winter we're having, and we can throw out a phrase that 99% of the people are going to go, what the heck? A La Nina winter can be really warm and dry, or it can be really cold and dry. And right now, man, it, right as we turn into the first of the year, early January, high of 21, and it's, it's horrible. And the high below zero 
uh, during the day up in Wisconsin and Minnesota. So will the cold break? Yes, we in January, when you have me back on, if you ever want to talk to me again after today's <laughs> show, um, next January we'll have a warm spell called the January Thaw, and we'll, it'll be a tease of spring that's going to come. Maybe we'll melt off the little bit of snow that we have, temperatures warming into the 40s and 50s. Cargo shorts come on, outdoor barbecuing you know, starts again. But uh, for right now, this is a bad sign um, that the pattern is setting up for being prolonged cold as we head in towards January. I hope it's not the signal for the winter. I've got a funny feeling it might be. Uh, and, and then, of course, you know, however much snow that you're getting along the way, including starting next week, well, as you've talked about many times in the winter, that can kind of prolong prolong that and impact the temperatures pretty significantly too, correct? Yes. Um, the problem with snow is... it. Well, the good thing about snow, because we don't want to be totally negative, right? The good thing is we need this covering the winter wheat. We need yeah. this covering your lawn and covering the, the root areas around your plants and all that so that the cold doesn't penetrate as deep as it can on a bare soil. What saved us a couple winters ago when it went to 30 degrees below zero, we had a foot and a half of snow on the ground. Mm. And many of the neighborhood bushes that uh, were exposed above the snow were dead, and then the bottom one foot was happy. So I was—I remember walking around and bushes coming out of dormancy. The top half was dead, and the bottom half was green and, and coming out because the top half was exposed to thirty below zero, and it just blew up the the you know the internal structure of the plant. So we need the snow cover, but the other good news is it doesn't look like wet, slushy, freezing rain. Mm-hmm. So this is the type of snow you can sweep off your sidewalk and in your driveway, and it, it packs down a little bit and can be removed off the roads. I don't think we like that 30 degrees and freezing rain and, you know, that kind yeah. of stuff. We don't want that. Yeah. And, we do, and a wet snow is very hard to shovel and lift. Um, if we get little snows this winter of a couple inches at a time, we can handle that. Um, we're not ready for it. Nobody remembers how to drive on snow. They're still learning how to drive in the roundabouts, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I mean, I don't know. I didn't ever, uh, people didn't even fire up their snowblower all of last year, no, right? We, I mean, this will be. need to, no. Yeah, I mean, assuming, you know, assuming you were eventually going to get some kind of significant snow, it's been, it's been two years since this city's really seen that, right? It's been weird, Jeff, because we had 5.1 inches last year, which was the least amount of snow. And then the year before, we had 49 inches of snow. Jeez. Then the year before, we had 17 inches of snow. Then the year before, we had 55 inches of snow, the second most amount of snow ever. So we went from second most to least, and it's been bouncing back and forth. You go back 2016, we only had seven inches of snow. Mm-hmm. So this has been the hallmark feature of our snowfall for people that have lived here a long time in Lincoln. It's not persistent anymore. We have some years with uh, that's meager in the snow amounts, and then some years where there's a lot of snow. So this is probably going to be one of those years that it's not a lot. We can't squeeze out 50 inches of snow with this kind of uh, drier atmosphere and yeah. winds coming down from the north. But we're not going to have a winter like last winter where it was still in the 50s at Christmas, not this year. Uh, this sound, oh man, it's just this. You're you're making it sound like one of those winters where you get a little snow, and it's so cold that it just it's always there, even though it's not yeah. much. It's not like the fun snow. It's it's the annoying snow. That's what it sounds well, like you're describing to me. 
Well, Jack, you can make it fun. It crunches <laughs> under your feet. Hey. Sound. <laughs> you, after it, after a little, you can fashion it into kind of yeah. like a shiv. It's so hard. That's fun, right? You, you can take your favorite dog toy, toss it back into the snow in the backyard, shut the door, and watch the dog look for it. Yeah, that, that's it's true. Like that. That's but, true too. And then, of course, it's more fun for me because, as you know, as excited as I am, still maintaining the the websites for Lincoln Weather and Climate. And on social media, being on Twitter, uh, KDewey1, and, and Facebook, Dewey Weather. Um, Jack, I know I hate saying this word. I do a lot, a lot of times, and you, you kind of shudder. I'm retired. You still have to go to work early in the morning. That's true. So it will still be fun for me because if I look <laughs> outside and I go, nope, it's a stay inside day, pull the shades down. There you go. So, uh, you for do- everybody else, it's going to be a winter where you may have to get used to driving on snow again. Uh, yeah, that 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 could be yeah, it could be interesting in in Lincoln. All right, last question for you uh, about what time? I know you're, you're looking ahead with some of the people looking at the white Christmas, people looking about travel for Christmas. I know you're kind of looking ahead, and those snowfall totals are one of the hardest things to predict uh, coming out of ways. When will we when will we have a better idea uh, for Christmas travel and for white Christmas? Do you think? Oh, clearly, you know, what is today, Tuesday? A week Mm -hmm. from today would be the 20th of December. And, you know, there's enough updates in the media. Uh, The Lincoln Journal Star, you can be on their email list for getting updates and and weather. Um, My website's uh, where I'm updating what's going on on Facebook and Twitter. Um, I think we won't know until a week from now if there's going to be enough moisture available for the disturbances coming through here producing snow. Again, the big news is not feet of snow for Lincoln, Nebraska, but annoying, as you call it, and that's the correct word. Mm -hmm. And I've often said to people, you know, instead of snowing one or two inches, Ten times. Why don't we just have one snowfall of a foot of snow, Yeah. get it over with, plow it to the side of the road and the driveway and the sidewalk, look at it for a few weeks and let it melt away, and we go, okay, we did winter. Yeah. I would much prefer that, but we're not living in the mountains. We're not in Minnesota. We're not in the panhandle of Nebraska. Yeah, yeah. well, if you if you want that, you go to Shadron today, like I said. That is exactly <laughs> right. So, Jack, I'm always glad to come on the air, and if things do change, because that's an important travel day for everybody, and the amount of people driving by car we're way back up to pre-pandemic levels for Thanksgiving. It may be the same for Christmas. So um, I'll give updates, and then if you want to, I can do a brief three-minute or ten-minute, whatever you want, update on uh, weather. If it's changing, but right now just expect extremely bitter cold. I'm so sorry for people that have to work outside. Yeah, I cannot imagine how miserable that's going to be. Um, and annoying snowfalls, as you call it, through the end of the year. And let's hope that we get a January fall for all of January, not just for a few days. That'd be great. We'll watch the weather c- uh, closely, and if that's necessary, next week we will uh, we'll get that up there. And and in the meantime, follow Doctor Dewey's social media, and uh, he'll keep you updated. Hey, uh, thanks so much, Ken. I always appreciate the time. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. You're always welcome, Jack. And happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to everybody. There you go, Doctor Ken Dewey. With the uh, outlook, sounds like a white Christmas is coming. At least he thinks so. All right, it's 856. Wrap up the show after this on KLIN. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. All right, that's it for the show. Thank you to our guests, Philip Wagner, Ken Dewey, Joe Jordan. Tomorrow on the show, what chaps your hide Wednesday? We've got our morning drive. Uh, we got Jason Peterson. We'll talk a little tech, last-minute tech gifts for Christmas. you got questions for Jason. We'll get those to him, and uh, John Bishop will join us as well. That's it. We'll see you tomorrow, 9 o'clock. KLI and Lincoln.